ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the Lashing Out Podcast and the Esports Now Network. He's Kevin. I'm Jared. Kevin, I'm back. I'm sorry I left you hanging. Uh, you've been on your own. You've had other people on. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm just pleasantly surprised that you are still employed. Uh, I I kept the dream alive, and then uh, it manifested into you being on the show this week. So uh, welcome back. Yeah, you know it's it's nice to be back. Things happen in the in the summer, and you know for those of you that don't know, I do cover the Altoona Curve for the Altoona Mirror, and that takes up a lot of my time with six game homestands during the week, plus you know finishing up with school and some other things. It's it's been a hectic few weeks, but we're back and we're better than ever, and we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we sure do, and I think the biggest news of the day is what we'll get to on the third segment, but the golf world has been fractured. So uh seems like NCAA football is on the back burner, at least for the national media for the time being. Yeah. And it's kind of nice. It's a nice situation to, to be in, but you know, there isn't a lot going on this time of year. Now we do get James Franklin later this week. Uh, he is, he and, and the coaching staff are going to be speaking with the media uh, on Thursday. Uh, Joe Smeltzer and I will be there. So that I'm looking forward to that, but yeah, we're Kevin and I are avid golfers. Um, I like to think that I'm okay when I know that I'm really not, but Kevin is a caddy. He's, he's got it all. And you know, maybe someday I'll be as cool as Kevin is. I don't know if I got it all. I can carry a bag really well. I can read greens for other players. But when you put me over a putt, man, it ain't happening. <laughs> and that's why we have a podcast and we're not on the PGA tour. It is true. That's why I'm also an engineer. I'm not even good <laughs> enough as a caddy to make it full time. <laughs> well, that sounds about right. But enough about golf. We'll get to that in the third and final segment. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some dismissal, or not a dismissal, but a, but Mega Barnwell leaving the program. And then we're also going to talk about West Virginia. It is time. It is summer. We're previewing every game leading up to the season and then we'll even get into it more in depth as the season begins, but mega Barnwell tight end for Penn state leaves the program. Honestly, I want to be shocked, but I'm really not just given the way that the room is for tight end and Penn state, I think had other plans and, and Barnwell, I don't think fit in or wanted to, to go through with, with some of those plans to play elsewhere. Yeah, it's unfortunate. If you didn't know, Mega Barnwell was an incoming freshman. He was out of Riverbend High School in Fredericksburg, Virginia, right about an hour up the road from me. He's really excited. Anytime you start getting that Virginia connection to Penn State, it really gets my juices flowing. But that tight end room at Penn State, it's going to be stacked. We talked about it. We both have we both have redshirt sophomores um, as our breakout players at the tight end position. You have Jerry Cross. I have Khalil Dinkins. You still have Tyler Warren. You have Joey Schaeffler, Theo Johnson. I mean, they're going to be three, four, five deep. Mega Barnwell's coming in. He's six, six, two fifty. He's officially listed as an athlete, even though he played tight end in high school. Um, it looked, it sounded like Penn State was trying to push him to the offensive line. I think if anything, they were probably pushing him towards the defensive line in a position of need. With that body, he can probably make a pretty good D tackle or like a hybrid DN where he can kind of be that run stopper. And it just sounds like, man, he probably wanted to play tight end. Penn State had other plans for that. And he's like, all right, I'm I'm going to go somewhere else where I can, I can play tight end. And, you know, props to him for realizing before he even burns up a year of eligibility. He can still get somewhere for summer ball. 
get in the room, learn the offense, and probably be a contributing factor uh, at a different program. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think the timing is right for everybody. Uh, he's not taking any reps away in the summer. He's not, he's not doing that. I think that's a big thing, too. But, yeah, I mean, playing time for him was going to be limited as it is. Um, and that's not just this year, but I think that's down the road. Just the way that they've recruited that position. I'm not saying that he couldn't, you know, end up on the on – the, uh, in the rotation, I should say, but at the same time, you know, this is a, is a good opportunity for Penn state and him to, to kind of cut ties and, and move on no harm, no foul and, and see what's out there. Um, and he still has time to do that. I, he was a highly touted guy. So that obviously is going to work in his favor now. And that's, and that's the thing with recruiting. Sometimes it doesn't always work. Right. It doesn't it's not always a great fit. You want it to be a great fit for everybody involved. But at the same time, it doesn't always happen. And that's normal and it's perfectly OK. It's just kind of the way that it is. Yeah. And like you said, it's it's just a position. Penn State knows how to recruit the current often the current room, like I said, is already loaded and they already have a guy committed for the 2024 class. So that room is just going to be full of competition. Um, and, you know, in the recruiting process, everything seems good. It's all. I don't know rainbows and butterflies or whatever you want to say but uh when you get on campus it's different the vibe is different you know maybe what you remembered about it is a little bit different so props to him for making an adult decision you know these kids are pressured into making a decision in december of their senior year of high school a lot of shit's going on they gotta be applying to all these schools that they get scholarship offers to you do still have to get it academically so he's filling out all these applications He's playing football. He's prepping for graduation, finishing up his class schedule, and uh, and he's still making a decision on where he's going to go for the rest of his life. So, uh, again, props to him for making that decision before it really impacted anybody. Right, and that's the thing. You know, you hope you you like to see that type of thing. I mean, yeah. Do you wish it would have worked out for him at Penn State? Absolutely, but at the same time, it's it's not a big loss because he hasn't really done anything, and that's. Again, it's perfectly okay. It's just one of those situations where now Penn State is in a situation where they have now an open scholarship, which is going to be good. But at the same time, it it allows them a little bit more flexibility, and it's one less person they have to worry about trying to work in and, and, and get some reps. So that, I think, it is solid. But at the same time now, you know, it's gearing up for the rest of the season. It's gearing up, you know, to see what's next for Penn State football and – and I'm, I think I'm excited to see that. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see like, who's going to be this year's uh, Barney Amore or Dom DeLuca, that guy who just has a breakout team breakout season on special teams and earns that, that now open scholarship, or maybe somebody pops into the transfer portal, D tackle after summer ball somewhere else that they really need. And like, Hey, we were recruiting you before you went there, but now you're back in the portal. Like we got an open spot now, bring it on. So it could be good for it, all parties involved. That's right. And all parties involved will be seen on the field at Beaver Stadium under the lights against West Virginia in September. Let's talk about that when we come back from this first segment of the Lashing Out Podcast on the Nitty Sports Now Network. Welcome back to the second segment of the Lashing Out Podcast and Nittany Sports Now Network. I'm Jared. He's Kevin. Kevin, let's talk football. Let's talk games. Let's talk West Virginia. It's about that time. 
West Virginia historically has been underwhelming. They have Neil Brown. Neil Brown seems to have what it takes, but he just can't get them to that next level. They have some big wins on, on their record, but this is a put up or shut up year for Neil Brown, in my opinion. And I think that's, that's a recipe for disaster, but I also don't think that they've come into an environment like prime time at Beaver stadium in quite some time. Yeah. And for it to be a make it or break it year for him, starting off on the road against probably what's going to be a top five to seven ranked opponent at night, they're going to be juiced up. Yeah. Penn state's probably going to have a freshman quarterback, but West Virginia is going to have what Garrett green starting at quarterback for him. JT Daniels got benched at the end of last year. Garrett Green started three games, went two and one in those games, but didn't really get tested on the road there. So at Oklahoma State, you can say it's probably a hostile environment, but I'm going to guess end of the year last year, that was probably a noon kickoff and it's week 12. So probably hasn't been tested on the road. Like like Garrett Green is going to be tested week one against Penn State. Right, and this is a game that's early in the season, so we really won't know much about either team. We do know that Penn State will have a solid defense. We don't know what to expect from Drew Aller, um, the sophomore signal caller, um, and that's if they make it out of camp healthy. So there are so many variables. You know, Obviously, it's only June, and we're talking about a game that's going to happen in September, but I think the beauty of this is this is an NBC game, right, Kevin? Yes. So an NBC primetime game, it's going to be an electric electric atmosphere and i love that they're starting the game in that environment that to me is huge because this is going they're going to be tested early and i love that they have these night games early on because i think it's going to prepare them for down the road now it's no you know ford field in november right but it's at the same time this is an excellent opportunity to play some good teams early get that excitement and that energy out um, and get used to it and then be prepared for the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, Penn state's defense, we know what it is. West Virginia is going to be a running team green in his last three games. I mean, he wasn't passing for more than a hundred yards a game. It's just, it's not indicative of a passing offense. None of their uh, top receivers came back from last year. Their top receiver, their their prop, their presumptuous number one receiver this year is going to be our old friend Devin Carter. If you don't remember Devin Carter, he is the one uh, who announced his transfer from NC State to Penn State, uh, and then uh, decommitted and then signed his letter of intent with West Virginia and then transferred there. So that's going to be probably their number one receiver. Garrett Green passed for probably what is that about? He passed for less than 400 yards in three games, so not prolific to the air. So Penn State can really hone in on stopping a running attack coming from him, coming from West Virginia. They're probably going to have a freshman running back, Jaheim White, and then they do return their leading rusher last year, who is um, Tony Mathis Jr. So they're going to have two exper- one experienced tailgate back, a freshman running back, and a relatively inexperienced quarterback coming into a night game at Beaver stadium. Like this is Penn state needs to blow the doors off of them. And it's, I, I think it will be. Yeah. I, th- I think Penn state's going to win easily. Um, but again, this is a, this is a make or break year from Neil Brown and company. Um, he comes, came from Tulane or I'm sorry, Troy uh, a couple of years ago, 
highly touted. I think he is the right person there. It's just all about the results in the field. And I think it may, it's made difficult by the portal, um, but it's just made difficult because of the big 12 and just kind of the way that they have to recruit in the big 12 um, as it stands. But for Penn state, this is an early test. This is a game that should be played yearly. Um, in my opinion, I love the regional rivalries. It's cheap. Um, as far as travel for both programs, it's a big game. It's another power five conference um, matchup. And I think that is important too. And getting those challenges out of the way, this isn't the sec where, you know, they want that eight or nine game schedule and that's, you know, but you can test yourself outside of that. I know it's not always easy um, to do that. And, and it's not always rewarded either, uh, which is the big thing, but at the same time, you got to do what you got to do. And I think this is going to be great for both programs. Um, to start the season. Yeah, and the regional rivalries are great. It would only help West Virginia on the recruiting trail. A lot of kids from West Virginia, that part of uh, the part of Virginia that's close to West Virginia, Maryland, Western Pennsylvania, Southern Ohio, all of those places geographically are close. That's that's where Penn, that's Penn State's backyard for recruiting. The people that Penn State don't pick up, maybe they start considering West Virginia and then they start playing their high school rivals or people that went to seven on seven regional seven on seven camps together. So it'd really be advantageous for West Virginia to start getting this Penn state rivalry fired up, refired up and get back into it from that aspect. So yeah, as a guy who's trying to build a program, 29th recruiting recruiting class in the transfer portal. So he did pretty well 47th overall in the country last year. Um, for high school recruits. So sounds like he's gaining traction, but I mean, Penn state's pulling in top 10 recruiting classes after top 10. It's like, I, I really don't see it as being a competition on the field, but West Virginia is probably where Penn state was what post sanctions, James Franklin era. Yeah. I, I think that's a fair, it's fair. Um, but that's the thing, you know, you get to see what both teams have. And like you said, it's an easy recruitment tool. Hey, you get to play at Penn state twice a year. You get to play in front of 107,000 fans because more often than not that game, if it's early in the season, it's going to be prime time because there are terrible matchups throughout the country. So you're either going to be that four at three 30 or that seven o'clock, eight o'clock time slot. That is a big deal. People want to play under the lights it, and you know, it's a, it's a great opportunity to see that firsthand uh, and first game, you know, Penn state's got a lot of time um, as well or early on in the season. Uh, to do that. But that's all we've got for West Virginia. We'll come back for the third and final segment of the Last Out Podcast on the Nittany Sports Now Network. Welcome to the third and final segment of the Lashing Out Podcast on the Esports Now Network. We're going to pivot away from college athletics or maybe pivot. Pivot, you know, pivot. What pivot, divot. Let's talk golf. Live golf um, essentially buys out the PGA is what it seems. Um, they, mer- they made a, a merger. The Donald, former President Trump, called this last summer saying that it would happen, and it has finally happened. They claimed the, the, the morality clause, taking Saudi money, and then they go, and I guess whenever they're offering it to you, you don't really say no. They like to throw a lot of money out. And here we are. But like we said in the first segment, we're both avid golfers. So we've been kind of keeping track of this. You know, believe me, if anybody paid, I would take it if people pay me $4 to golf, let alone 400 million or 4 million or even 4,000. So like I would 100% be in for that. No matter who, where that money's coming from, 
I would take it. That's life-changing money. But our goal now is to compare that to something in college, uh, in, in the college area. What what would that type of merger uh, of this of this caliber be at this level? So this is the equivalent of, let's say, it's not even 20% because there was only 48 golfers on the live tour. Maybe 25 of them were actually quality PGA tour players. So let's say, and there's what, 300. So that's one twelfth. What's what's 300 divided by 12? Two and a half. So let's say that's, that's terrible, Matt. Like I said last week with Joe, uh, engineer after six o'clock, the brain turns off 300. Just kidding. I don't know. We're not going to do that math. Anyways, that's just the equivalent of, let's say, one top five team, a couple in the top, like, 25 to 30, and then, like, Vanderbilt defecting to join, to make their own league. Uh, They've ripped off the Power Five idea from somebody, and they've partnered with uh, those who kill journalists and uh, oppress people a lot and uh, have decided to make their own college football league. And now that the money, so the NCAA has to pony up all of this money. Um, they lose, they, they uh, run out of money to pony up the Vanderbilt led league no longer, or it has never made a dime. And they all come back together and be like, yeah, maybe we should probably go back under one umbrella. And the NCAA has to figure out how to make it work again. This is like the independence of college football, like Notre Dame going off on their own, leaving the NCAA. Uh, and then Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State all bashing them, um, not wanting to go even with all the money they get um, only for, you know, Michigan, Ohio State and Penn State to come back and say, you know what? why don't you come back to us and we're going to make it look like um, it was our idea. Um, and here we go. And the next thing you know, you've got a big super league with the independence and the big 10 and you've got all kinds of TV money now, which is, I think where live golf has struggled because nobody wants to watch their random, excuse me, their random, um, their random tournaments. I am interested about the team game, but, that to me is like if Notre Dame and all the independents ended up going off on their own only to come back and be absorbed by let's say the big 10 after making after they made their, their bag and all their money. Yeah. So basically what's happening is live didn't make any money. The PGA tour overreached on trying to outspend live and PGA is, has given up their 501 C six you're not familiar. That is a very special tax. Uh, haven. Now they still will have it. They, still they will. will have a nonprofit arm, but it's like yes. the NFL. So the NFL league office park Ave where Goodell uselessly has an office uh, is a 501 C six, but every other franchise is for profit. So all those other franchises play taxes and all the money really is generated by the shield but it's under the guise of all these other franchises. So basically what you're going to have is you're going to have the 300 independent contractors of the PGA tour 
being those quote unquote franchises. I don't think the team aspect is going to come over and set maybe like a four event Aramco series in the fall when that's the off season and it's going to be elective and you will see probably guys like Rory try to make up some of that money that they didn't take from the Saudis initially, but I don't think the Saudi stakes going to be more than 20 to 30% of let's say a $10 billion evaluation. So the Saudis might inject two to $3 billion into this thing. Uh, the PGA tour, I think will still have jurisdiction over it. Uh, but it's just the Saudis have like first right of refusal on the sponsorship. So basically it's basically like, let's say that, Oh, the now big, they're the biggest sponsor. They're the biggest supporter. They are the biggest sponsor. So it's basically like the Big Ten signing up with NBC. And like if you want to run an ad, like if Penn State wants to run their ad, they got to run it by NBC. And NBC says, no, not doing it. If NBC says, oh, you're going to play games on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, and you're going to play football all three of those days, then all the players are going to have to go. They're going to have to do it. So like this is going to be the kind of weird thing that happens of this. But that's kind of like the college football parallel is like, they can make these guys play a lot. They can make different ad campaigns happen. If you want to advertise, you got to release some pro Saudi statement. You got to buy this amount of goods from Saudi Arabia, like kind of a slippery slope. So I'm terrible at analogies into the college football world because it's purely American. And sure. We can argue the atrocities of the American government, but uh, yeah, but it's, that's, that's not part of the show. No. But that's the thing, man. That's the, you know, that's the one thing that you, you can't claim to be this moral hierarchy of, you know, oh, morality, this morality, that, and then golfers bash, bash people that went and got their money and then only to be bought by the same people. That's the the, the tricky part is, though, is that none of the players knew about it. Yeah. The best. And that's the worst part, too. Right. So, like, they found out on Twitter. <laughs> It'd be like Drew Aller waking up and being like, shit, I got three games this week. Are you shitting me? <laughs> yeah, right. Or he got <laughs> he got cut. And he got traded. Yeah, right. To, what if he gets traded to like Delaware? Like, oh, oh yeah, you're now on this FCS team. You got to play three games a week. Uh, yeah. And uh, here, wear this shirt. We're, we're going to we have this ad campaign going. You have to wear this shirt. Yeah. And then for the guy that claimed to. Oh well, everything I said was truthful. I only said I only said what was in front of me or what I knew, and then only to be then handed multi-billions of dollars. To... Yeah, Jay Monahan looks like a total sleuth in this situation. He... Giving a seven and a half million dollar a year raise to go be the CEO of this yeah. for-profit. Like he makes Kevin Warren look great. He makes Gary Bettman. I was gonna say he makes Gary Bettman look fantastic. Well, Gary Bettman is the worst commissioner in all of sports. Um, you know, he makes Manfred look credible. He made well, Adam Silver, I think, is is above all the best commissioner of major sports. Um, he makes Goodell look like a god. So yeah, I mean, Jay Monahan, good for you. You became public enemy number one in a matter of two minutes. Yeah, they had great. a PJ Tour a player meeting this night tonight. Sorry, I'm fresh out of the NLU. Uh, no laying up free ad to them. Great podcast. If you follow golf and you follow college football, good little crossover there. Uh, I'm fresh out of that little uh, live episode they just did. Damn, dude. There was like three or four calls for Jay Monahan's head. Ironic because it's we're talking about Saudi Arabia, but uh, 
yeah, like the PGA, the Players Commission is like 90-10 out on Jay Monahan, and I don't think there's a single sports league in the world that is 90-10 out on their commissioner. There's 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 quite a few Gary Bettman sympathizers in the NHL. There's probably yeah. quite a few Kevin Warren sympathizers left at the Big Ten League office, but uh, to be 90-10 well, not, on, on the not outside. Not after the NBC deal. Definitely not after the NBC deal for Kevin Warren. But um, that's one of those situations now. Uh, hey, good luck. We get Rory McIlroy tomorrow, I think, for a press conference. So that uh, I should say on um, on or he would be speaking on Wednesday, I believe. Um, but again, it's all about communication, right? And and this can this goes back to college athletics. You got to communicate, and that's it's that simple. It's your player shouldn't be finding big time information out on Twitter. Um, same thing with, you know, recruiting, recruiting shouldn't be, Hey, we're going to say this guy committed. Well, he hasn't gotten a chance to do it. It's if you want to break news, that's great, but you got to communicate and you got to give credit where it's due. And I think that's one of the things that people forget about in journalism and, and forget about in a lot of different things. Um, is communication. It, it's so key and it, and it matters. And I think that's where, you know, tying this back to the first segment with Mega Barnwell, that's where it matters, right? There's this communication at open dialogue with Franklin and, and his staff. Hey, things weren't working out here. I'm going to leave the program. Voila. He wasn't happy with how things were, you know, such is life. And all it takes is a little communication and that goes a long way. Yeah, and really, if you think about it, like all these universities and FPS or, excuse me, in the NCAA at all, they're all independently run universities. They have no affiliation with the NCAA except paying to be in the NCAA every year and then reaping the rewards of it. So college athletics, PGA Tour is pretty good. They're not independent contractors by legal definition. They're not getting 1099s out of here. But actually, I bet you with NIL, they are probably our 1099s. So. There's a lot of cross parallels that we can get into, and I'm no tax specialist, so uh, we're we're gonna back out of the whole 1099 talk. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Um, not very good at math, but I did I did manage to fix a toilet today, um, and that was pretty great. I'm not gonna lie, um, I'm not handy at all. I could write the instructions on how to fix a toilet um, after I read them, but I sure as hell um, could not actually do it. And then I went out and did it, and. No, that's probably about as productive as I'm going to be all summer. I'm proud of you. You're growing up. I grow up so fast, Kevin. I mean, it's not quite as the green thumb that you have um, with your. Yeah, we won't. We won't talk about that. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, so, if you need any home improvement projects, we are not the place to go. But if you do need and want good Penn State talk, golf talk, whatever, feel free to rate, subscribe, review our Lashing Out podcast wherever you listen to it. Uh, we appreciate you guys for listening. For Kevin Quigley, this has been Jared Prugar on the Lashing Out Podcast and Indie Sports Now Network. We'll talk to you again next week.